This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings engaging video and audio lectures presented by top professors and professionals on a wide variety of subjects to your fingertips. The Great Courses has a collection of lecture series geared towards professionals, including Scientific Secrets for a Powerful Memory, How Conversation Works, Art of Public Speaking, and Influence, Mastering Life's Most Powerful Skill. These series offer great tools and insights for anyone looking to improve their recall at work, hone their presentation skills, or become a better negotiator. And now, for a limited time, The Great Courses has a special offer for Weekly Standard listeners. Order any of these four business and presentation courses for just $9.95. This special price of $9.95 is available only for a limited time, so order today. Go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. And that music is a special dedication from here at the Weekly Standard to Hillary Clinton and her campaign. Here to discuss it all is Bill Crystal. Bill, so what's more of a bad day for Hillary today? The fact that she had to turn over her server or the fact that a brand new poll from Hampshire shows her straight up losing to Bernie Sanders? I suppose the server, uh, you know, ultimately is more dangerous to her. But losing to Bernie Sanders, it's something you and I have discussed over these last weeks and months. And I think we've both been bearish on Hillary Clinton. And I think I may have even said that at some point she will be behind Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire. Maybe New Iowa will follow soon. People have just consistently overestimated her strength, underestimated the desire, underestimated the extent to which Bernie Sanders actually is tapping into a genuine uh, sentiment among Democrats. You know, people say, well, to protest vote. People don't want Clinton. There's some truth to that. But there are also just a lot of Democrats on the left who want a left-wing message and a left-wing messenger. And that's what Bernie Sanders is. You look at the uh, internals in the poll and you see that the support for Hillary Clinton is so soft. Her very favorable number is tiny compared to Bernie Sanders and her somewhat favorable. So it's very much she is the shrug candidate of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I guess it's Hillary. I guess that's what we're doing. And that's it. And when, and when you have a candidate like that, Ed Muskie in 1971 would be a good example. John Glenn, I've really forgotten that he was considered to be a possible frontrunner in 1983. Those candidates are vulnerable. Sometimes they'll win, you know, because no one quite credible uh, ultimately challenges them or the other or the challenges campaign blows up for some reason or other. But they win the primary. They don't usually win a general election. But, uh, but they also can lose the primary. And... Um, it is. It is really. <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, the people who who uh, who woke up this morning and were, I think, amused and interested and even maybe excited to see the Boston Herald and its poll were Joe Biden. I've got to think on vacation. I think in South Carolina. But uh, these days with the internet, he has access to that poll, and I've got to think that that made him think a little more seriously than even before. And I think he was already thinking seriously about running. Uh, Barack Obama up there near Boston in Massachusetts at Martha's Vineyard probably actually has the uh, the hard copy, the, the dead tree print edition of the Boston Herald. And I've got to think he smiled when he saw that big page one headline, Hillary Trails in New Hampshire. So there are a lot of, as you said, there's general, what's the word, uh, shrug, shrugginess right. about Hillary Clinton <laughs> among Democrats. Among a lot of Democratic elites, there's distaste. They probably thought until now they kind of have to go along. But now I think ranging from Biden himself to a lot of political operatives to a lot of donors, people are suddenly saying, hey, you know what? There are people I might prefer to Hillary Clinton. 
uh, the Clinton camp's response would be, you know, New Hampshire, it's right next door to Bernie's home state of Vermont. It's also a very, very white electorate. And, of course, Democratic uh, primary voters uh, have a significant percentage of black voters in that group. And uh, Hillary's going to do great among them. And this is a bunch of, uh, you know, college kids, you know, hanging out, you know, uh, having fun, uh, listening and downloading music at the local Starbucks, maybe smoking a little pot and voting for Bernie. You know, there's some truth to the fact that it's not a typical Democratic electorate. It is, on the other hand, a state that Hillary Clinton won in 2008, and where presumably there would have been residual goodwill and loyalty to her. But I do think they think that, uh, fine, Iowa, uh, New Hampshire could be bad, Iowa could be rough, uh, but when we get down south and we get to more to bigger states where the Democratic primary electorate is 20, 30, 40 percent African-American, uh, there'll be huge loyalty to Hillary Clinton. That, I think, is the next domino that could topple. That's an unproven assumption. It's based on the fact that Bill Clinton was very popular with African-Americans what, 15 years ago when he was president of the United States, and he personally is still popular. She's sort of derivatively popular, but of course, running against Obama distorted everything, so we don't really know how popular she is. Uh, but why is she so popular, incidentally? I mean, she's not been super identified with their causes. Um, and in fact, uh, I think it's quite possible that, well, and here's the big, here's, I guess, the way, the way to say it. Here's the big, I think, question then. Who's the, <clears throat> whose signal would African-American voters look to to see whether they sort of are obliged to go with Hillary Clinton or free to consider other candidates? Barack Obama. And watching Obama, he will presumably not endorse, I would guess, either Hillary or against Hillary, though if Joe Biden runs, it would be very interesting to see how much Obama throws his arm around him, how much Obama goes out of his way to praise his vice president. Very interesting to see what Valerie Jordan says. Very interesting to see what Eric Holder says. Very interesting to see what people really close to President Obama say. I don't know. If you're a sort of average Democratic, you know, African-American voter, and you're getting signals from the president of the United States that they're, you're not you know, there's no reason to prefer Hillary necessarily to others who might be running. I'm not so sure that that African-American vote is such a big, is such a safe place for Hillary Clinton to assume she's got kind of this reservoir of support. Uh, and on the other side of the aisle, uh, we see that uh, Donald Trump is still at the top of the ticket for Republicans. But man, 18 percent of the vote, very, very weak. And his negatives are astonishing for a small, friendly state like New Hampshire, where my mother-in-law lives. Well, he's I mean, I've been wrong about Trump. And I was right about Trump and saying that he had to be taken seriously. And there was a lot to learn from Trump. I think I was a little ahead of the curve on that. You and I, I think we're together. You and I were together and then saying that he's not going to be the nominee and this bubble will burst and he will fade. I, I was early on that. I, I, I sort of three weeks ago thought we had seen peak Trump. I think we have now seen it. We now have yes, from yesterday. I think we have a national poll, an Iowa poll and a New Hampshire poll all showing Trump somewhere between, I think, four and nine points lower than where he was in the same previous right. polls or in the polls in the same state. So I, I think that we have probably seen the plateauing and the beginning of the decline of the Trump phenomenon. Still remains a challenge for the other Republican candidates to channel that populist uh, sort of middle class uh, um, anger and disillusionment with the Republican leadership. And I, I, I think it's I'm not sure the other candidates have really woken up as much as they should have to the implications of Trump. They're just basically trying to kind of stay alive while the Trump wave crests and, and recedes. Ultimately, I think 
the Trump phenomenon is easier for Republicans to handle than the Sanders phenomenon is for Democrats. I mean, Sanders is an ideological problem, and he's going to pull the party to the left. Trump is a sort of problem of tone to some degree, a problem of the congressional leadership, disappointing people. And a lot of what Trump says can be accommodated by the other major Republican candidates. So I think uh, the media has been obsessed with Trump. He's gotten 100 times more publicity than Sanders. Sanders will end up being a more significant figure in the 2016 election cycle than Trump. And, you know, um, the folks at 538 have pointed out that there's a 0.92 causal relationship between media coverage and poll standing. And so when you have lots and lots of coverage, you have you, you just tend to go up in the polls. It's just a it's just a nature. Well, now we have Trump, who's kind of universal now. He's hit 100 percent. You know, who here's who he is and here's kind of his message. And you're seeing those numbers float down. The number that's not going down is his negatives. Forty six percent of Republican primary voters view him negatively. It's just a, an astonishing number. But I also think another number is astonishing, Bill, is how low. People who would be perceived as kind of the you know future of the Republican Party are doing in this poll right now. Both Rubio and Walker down at four percent. You know, I mean, Bush is in second place at thirteen. You know, uh, Cruz is at ten. Fiorina is at nine. And that, that's all good in the sense that we really do have a wide open Republican primary so far, and I think that's great news. But on the other hand, you'd expect I would expect I should say to see you know Walker and Rubio doing a little bit better and. They're they're uh, you know they're a third of the w- of the way where John Kasich is in this poll. He's at twelve percent. Yeah, I mean, I think the Trump phenomenon has obscured a lot of what's going on, and then one ends up having to interpret you know the difference between nine percent and six percent or five percent right. or whatever, which is obviously risky. But I would say generally, I very much agree with that. the The underreported story on the Republican side is the underperformance of first Jeb Bush, first and above all right. Jeb Bush, who clearly hasn't dominated. Secondly, Rand Paul, who events conspired, I think, and he he helped the conspiracy uh, to to sort of drive away from drive out of being a uh, serious contender. But then the ones who were supposed to step up and and had the real opportunity and have the real opportunity, I'd say especially Walker and Rubio, um, in different ways maybe haven't quite seized it as much as they could have. I, they haven't run bad campaigns, and I think they're impressive candidates. It's just they haven't really stood out. They haven't quite found the kind of uh, thematic punch that really has allowed, that would have allowed them to break through. There was, so the people who have broken through a little bit are Carly Fiorina, actually. Uh, Ted Cruz, I think just by being, not just, but by being the kind of hardline conservative, I think a few more people are noticing that and saying, well, right. yeah, I'm the conservative, and I'm, Cruz is the conservative, so I don't know why, why don't I just support him. He's had an uptick. And I've always thought Kasich, uh, Governor Kasich, could be a real threat to Jeb Bush. If you want a more moderate Republican uh, who's sort of a successful governor of a big swing state, why not have the one who's doing it now than the one who did it 10 years ago? Plus, with Kasich, you get a, several terms of congressional experience, which if, you, if you're a more moderate establishment Republican, you think is a good thing because it means he knows what he's doing in Washington. So I would be very, if I were at the Bush camp, I would be looking at the Kasich numbers in New Hampshire, even in Iowa, where Bush looks so weak. What if Kasich runs ahead of Bush in Iowa right. and New Hampshire? Is that really, that's not impossible. I mean, he might, neither would win. Maybe one would, you know, Kasich could be third and Bush could be fifth or something. I mean, at that point, is Bush still... A viable candidate, really, going down to South Carolina and Florida, maybe, or maybe the whole, you know, the establishment goes to Kasich. No, I think absolutely right. Plus, if you're one of these cranky Trump voters, John Kasich is notoriously kind of cranky himself. So you, he, he's got the whole package going for him, Bill. Here's another number from that poll, uh, and that is uh, how the New Hampshire Republicans view Donald Trump. 
29% say straight up, do not support him. Another 41% say, I support some of his ideas, but he just can't be president. He doesn't have the temperament. That's 70% of the Republican electorate in one state that say, no, it can't be Trump, leaving him with about 20-some percent you know, who, are very, very, who are very pumped up about it. But that 41% is so important in the middle who think he's making some good points but know that he can't be and shouldn't be president. And that's the electorate that's up for grabs among the others. And I do think there's been a bit of a failure of the others to really kind of think through what they have to say that would appeal to the Trump voter. They've been so startled by the phenomenon and kind of just desperately trying to stay alive, uh, you know, in, in, in light of the phenomenon that they haven't quite internalized it yet. That'll be a very interesting test, I think, of the skills of the different candidates and their campaigns over the next month or two. Absolutely. Now, listen, one last thing about being president. That's the other big story of the day, which is uh, Hillary Clinton's server and the thumb drive with the classified documents on it are finally being handed over to the FBI. I'm still, Bill, one of those simple-minded Americans going, wait a minute, this whole time she's had classified documents? You're just letting them sit around in some lawyer's you know, top drawer, desk drawer? I don't, I don't understand that. But how classic is it that in the Washington Post today, her campaign wouldn't even answer the question, did you voluntarily hand this over or did the FBI demand it and you couldn't get an answer? Yeah, you don't really want to be a presidential candidate and have you and the FBI in the same sentence and headlines of newspapers across the country. And you don't really want to have said that there were I never sent any classified documents and then retreat to, well, I never sent any documents that were classified at the time. And then it seems, I gather, that she may well have sent documents that were quite highly classified, actually, at the time. Um, if you look at the little indications across the, the, what's in the Inspector General's right. letter, it seems like they were actually perhaps based on uh, signal information that we intercepted, that stuff that people really don't like to have floating around. So um, it could really be, uh, I mean, I've always thought this was a huge problem, Hillary Clinton. The media had this kind of silly, you know, well, the Clinton machine can overcome everything, everything, she's Teflon, and nothing ever sticks. Um, I don't know. If you get to this level of an FBI investigation of your private server that you extremely unusually and maybe illegally set up as Secretary of State and then turns that you turn out to have been sending classified documents, um, I mean, that is really bad news, I think. I think so, too. And there's also the, the reason why I think this has more resonance than some of the other stuff, you know, some other Clinton stuff, is it goes straight to security. You add the, just like Donald Trump is kind of riding the wave of the, you know, really bad publicity regarding specific illegal immigration stories, you have this wave of hacking stories where people are finding out, oh my gosh, the government's been hacked by Russia, China, my credit card's been hacked, and then you start thinking, oh, wait a minute, America, war, you know, terrorists, and she's got secret stuff on her, you know, basically hard drive at home. That's crazy. And I think the average person grasps that. And, and because it has that power of the security aspect, it's beyond simply, you know, she's kind of a crooked person who does crooked things to, oh, my gosh, she's putting American interests at risk. I agree. And I would also say just having a real investigation, whether it's a congressional investigation or an FBI investigation, and she has both. It's just much more dangerous to a candidate or a politician than having, you know, a media interest in something. Media interest comes and goes. There can be even a media frenzy, and that can go away. You just outlast it. But this is not just, you know, gee, the media is upset, and it'll be an interesting week, and then it kind of they move on to something else. There's an actual real investigation, which presumably will have real results as to what she 
didn't didn't send on that server and what the actual status of that server was and what she, whether what she has said about it in the past is true and what about her aides who seem to have used the Hillary Clinton email uh, uh, you know uh, uh, what's the right word for it not account I guess or you know right. uh, uh, as well so there's actual information that's going to come out you know media stories kind of come and go but when there's more information that you know is going to come out and it's very hard to believe that information is going to be good for Hillary Clinton that's just going to be a constant drumbeat, I think, over the next weeks and months. Hillary's in trouble in New Hampshire. Donald Trump's fading. I'm telling you, Bill, you laugh when I said it, but I stand by it. Third-party campaign, the Clinton-Trump third-party ticket. I, it's, that, would that be, is the future. That would, be, that would be exciting in a way. Fun, right? The wedding, the, you know, the wedding party. Right? Corrupt I mean, egomaniacs arise. You have, right. nothing, <laughs> you have nothing to lose. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us here. We really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.